Back at it again with another edition of the War Room. Today we're going to be going through secondary, specifically our top five cornerbacks of the 2022 NFL Draft Class. I am here with Nicholas Mullick, uh, Nate. Su Damn it, I always I always mess it up, Nate. Subelka. 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 All right, I always like get scared. Spilled. I always get scared. I don't know why. And Travis or uh, Chaz Turnbow. So now I'm all now I'm all messed up. Travis, Chaz, I, I'm all. Fun. Anyways, gentlemen, what's going on? How are we doing today? Uh, Nick, again, you are coming in sick with COVID, but you're still making it. We appreciate you being here, man. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, it's I'm definitely better than I was the last time we did this, but uh, I'm definitely feeling a lot better. I probably sound a lot better now, but. <laughs> Yeah, I love being here. I can't wait to talk about secondary and mainly cornerbacks here. So let's get ready to go to war. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Nate, how, how you doing, man? You, you missed uh, the last one. You made it for this one. Glad to have you back. My, uh, yeah, one uh, one episode hiatus there. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go. All right. My uh, arch nemesis on this show, Mr. Chaz Turnbow. How we doing, man? Oh yeah, now that I got my name legally changed to Travis, I'm feeling a lot better. Feeling my more my, more my element. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. You know, ready to go. Ready. I don't know why I'm done. I'm done. I don't even want to. I don't even. I'm done. Y'all can find a new. Y'all can find a. Y'all can. Y'all can find a new host. It's bourgeois. God damn it. It's bourgeois. <laughs> all right. All right. Now we're even. Now we're even. I butchered two names. I don't even know how you butcher a first name, especially when I have my my brother's name is Chaz. That is terrible. Oh my god. All right. Uh, now that we got that out of the way. I got no current events uh, other than it is now sounding like Debo really does want to leave. I'm kind of losing a little respect for Debo. How how are you going to make it a negative when a team is like get, making you the focal point of an offense? Who doesn't want the ball? I've never heard a player say, I don't want the ball this much. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Why? He doesn't want 10 to 15 carries between the tackles, so he doesn't have a three-year career, he has a six, seven, eight-year career. He doesn't want them them carries between the tackles every single game to to shorten his career. He wants that. He how, wants to go. How often was he really running between the tackles? Ninety percent of those were end end arounds. They're all outside sweeps. He wasn't rarely running between the tackles. Come on. Might as, might as well be a punishment. Might as well be a screenplay. <laughs> might as well be a screenplay. I don't know. I loved I. I fell in love with Debo and, and Mobile, so it kind of like breaks my heart to hear that. But again, I haven't heard it from his mouth, so I'm kind of holding this back. And like we said in the last episode or last couple episodes, whatever it was, Jeff Darlington, uh, he talks out of his ass a lot. So we'll see what actually comes out of this, what is actually true. I do understand. Going from growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area and then living out in the South, and he's from the South, uh, then transferring into the Bay Area, and especially when they were super strict with COVID and lockdowns, and they still are, uh, I could understand him not wanting to live in California. I'm from California. I don't even want to live in California. So I can understand that, but if I'm the Niners, there's no way I'm trading them. No. I mean, People said that about Tyreek, too. Well, 
the difference is uh, Debo doesn't have the off the field issues and Tyreek does. So I'm not surprising traded Tyreek, but those, I mean, those off field is, issues were like a whole contract to go though. Like longer than yeah. that. Like, I mean, if you've but, already made it through a whole other contract without off field issues, I think you can kind of put that to rest. It's the same thing as having a injury yeah. and being called injury prone. True, but listen, the difference is you could get a first for Tyreek. You're not getting a first for Debo, but I just yes, yes, you would get a first for Debo. If you're getting multiple first, if you get multiple first for Devontae Adams, you could definitely get a first round pick for Debo Samuels. Debo Samuel was second in the NFL in scrimmage yards last year, yeah, and only second because Cooper Cup had an insane year. Debo Samuel would definitely pull a first. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves here. He can't stay. He, he well, I'm not going to say like he's injured. Your team would ridiculous. trade that second first round pick in a heartbeat. Wouldn't I? Would I would not be happy. Yes, they. They yeah. if Debo was available for tenth overall, they would send they that would, expeditiously. No. Yes, I will. No. I will say though, the Jets would not did not offer the tenth for Tyreek in any Thank package you. that they had. So I don't know that they would do it for Debo, but they might. They might just do the tenth straight up instead of, uh, you know, the tenth plus like a first plus or something like uh, yeah. that. They might do I mean, the tenth yeah. straight up. But they were af- they were offering packages for for Tyreek Hill, and I know he brings a different element, but I still think the man when you have when one of those two players has the ball in their hands, Debo Samuel's is more dangerous. Debo Samuel's is better Ooh. with the ball in his hands when he's on the field. I agree with you, but I, I this oh, is me. come on now. Are we gonna we gonna go there? Same. With the ball in his hands, he's he. All right, when name Tyree Kill name when, name another name another person on the planet that could take that ten yard dig against Buffalo to the house in the AFC Championship game. Not another player on the planet can do that. True. It was Fair not point. the AFC Championship game. Tyreek Hill. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> round. Well, before that, divisional round. My bad. I know, I know, I know. It was the greatest Fair game point. of the season. That have, yes. that have, but um, it was, it was I will say, season. you're you're I correct. Last year. You're absolutely correct. Nobody else on the planet could have taken that to the house in the Buffalo game. But Debo would have scored when Eli Apple tackled Tyreek Hill. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Chaz. Give me, give me one little fist pump right there. Oh, this way, this way. That play should that play <laughs> yeah. shouldn't have been ran. So that play shouldn't have been ran. So hey, I don't even want to hear about that one. <laughs> With the ball in his hands, he's more dangerous. Okay, we can talk about slants and taking slants to the house, but how often does that happen? Once a year with him, Debo Samuels will take a five-yard gain for 95% of wide receivers and turn it into a first down, a third down conversion by breaking a tackle and breaking another tackle and forcing his way past those those uh, markers. I think they're he's both the, great yak receivers. Just one, they win in different ways. One exactly. with speed, one with power. I would just say. Most of the time, Tyreek Hill is winning with speed before he even has the ball in his hand. He's already blown by him 10 yards, and that's before the ball's in his hand. Then he catches it, and he walks into the end zone. So I'd have to look up the stats, but I, I think Tyreek was at least like top five in like third down catches for, that converted to first downs, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're right. He was, he was up there. Right. Can I also he was make, definitely top five. Let's, if, we're, if we're going there, we're going there. Jimmy G, Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. Got a, right. you got a point. You got a point. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. 
And we just put an exclamation point on that. And uh, we're going to move on into our top five cornerback rankings. Um, Got to be a consensus number one, I think. You know, I'm not, I don't have it up, but I think it's got to be a consensus number one, right? Yep. Nope. Wait. Nope. It is not a consensus number one. And really? I actually, I actually, it's a two way tie for number one. Uh, and so I guess we could just show them right now. Um, think one way, Chaz and Nick think the other way. We both have them flip flopped. So let's just go with it. I, I hate that mine are wow. back, backwards. I got Gardner, Saw, Sting, Stingley, Stingley. Uh, I am a big fan of Derek Stingley. Let me put this forward. Like, I want to say that if there is no injury concerns, I think he is the best cornerback on, on, in this draft class. I think his overall talent is superior to Sauce Garden. But, but the injury concerns, the Liz Frank injury, uh, and, and the, the litany of injuries prior to that, Definitely can be a cause for or cause for concern. He's had lower body injuries dating all the way back to high school. Had an ankle injury. Had an illness uh, that caused him to miss a few games too, I believe. Sauce Gardner is outstanding. Ball hawk. Uh, all the intangibles you want, but definitely has a ton of room to grow in terms of the the technical ability. Um, I don't know where we go for this because we're at a two way tie for number one. I don't know if we rock, paper, or scissors, but uh, Chaz... I think the consensus is that Sauce is number one, like just in general in yes. the draft scope world. So I'll I'll give up Sauce, and we can take Stingley too. Okay, um, let's just go around and tell. Let's how about we just do this, like I just did right now. What what do you like about each one, and why did you put uh, Stingley over? Um, over sauce, uh, Chaz. So, my same logic that I used with the edge rushers, as in Kayvon Thibodeau, you got to look at his season with context that he was hurt all year. I look at his 2020 tape more for him, just in terms of his athleticism and explosiveness and ability. I'm the same way with Stingley. Stingley was hurt early on this season. He was, but he he was hurt in training camp. Came out and played, I think, three games in 2021, and then got hurt and was out with the Lynx Frank injury. I will say that is a concern for me, but just looking at pure talent, freshman Stingley during their championship run, I would argue that he was the best player on that team over Burrow, over Jamar, over all of them, like. He was the best corner in the nation. <laughs> like, like and to me, it wasn't even particularly close. He was locked down. He had some of the best feet I've seen. Smooth athlete. He was one of the best man cover corners I've seen. Um, my downsides with Stingley are uh, his click and close isn't great in zone coverage. He could explode to the ball better in off coverage um, if he's not like in phase with a receiver. Um, but his ball skills are top notch. Uh, I trust him, lockdown, man coverage, man press, just as much as I trust Sauce. Um, and my issue and my other uh, going on Sauce, my uh, he's the prototypical long corner, 
speed. It has everything. The only downside to him is play strength. Um, he can kind of get grabby down the field also. I think he had a fair share of penalties. Um, but his ball skills are just as good as um, Stingley. Sauce was closer to me to overtaking Stingley than Aiden was was to overtaking Thibodeau to me just because he, 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 he has been consistently great. Aiden – yeah, I saw that too. Aiden, uh, <laughs> Aiden Maybe exploded onto the um, Aiden exploded onto the scene in his production in his last year. Sauce Garner has been consistently good through all of his years at uh, at UC. So both of them are good. You can flip a coin. It's just my I'm more partial to believe that what I've seen in the past from Stingley. It's what he can be in the NFL. And if you do have the injury concerns, I can understand flopping him and, dro- and dropping him down to two or even three, however low you want to send him. But I'm willing to ignore the injuries. Nate, you, you, you're with me on that. You had Sauce one. You had Stingley two. How is uh, How far is the gap for you? Because for me, I think I have um, – Sauce at six, and I have Stingley at seven on my big board. So, I mean, it's like super splitting hairs. And then if you take out the injury concerns, guy, I'd flip it instantly. Yeah, it, it is super close. Um, I, I do like Sauce better. I think, like, with what Chaz is saying, he's been consistent over his career. Um, he's that long, physical corner uh, press man that um, – I think can play in the league for a lot of years. Um, I think he's, uh, I think he's the top corner. Um, I do have Stingley, like I said, real close. And, and I agree with Chaz. I have written here with, with Stingley uh, on that 2019 team. I, I don't know if he was the best. I think you could easily make a case. He was top three. Um, he, that, that 2019 tape, my concern, not only with the injury, because the Liz Frank is one of those injuries that to me is like, that's like a that those linger. Those could be like career altering type type injuries. Those Liz Frank can be nasty. I don't know how severe his is. Um, I don't know much about the medicals, but anytime I hear Liz Frank, that that's one of those one of like two injuries that I think really really concerns me over over a long period of time. But he's got the best ball skills out of out of all the all the corners in the draft. Um, you know, elite man coverage, uh, athleticism to recover if he does uh, make a mistake or, or anything like that. Um, and then uh, with Sauce, the one kind of downside I have with him, uh, you know, Chaz said a little bit about the physicality. The other thing I saw is like he, he plays a little bit tall sometimes, a little bit tight. So he can kind of get beat with some smaller, quicker type route runners um, in breaking routes, things like that. So um some at times he does play a little bit tall he can kind of get um they can gain se- separation on him that way so nick uh you and you and Chaz are, are locked up on this one and two so uh i'll ask kind of the same question how close are they in the rankings for you uh is the injury a, a main concern um and, and why why do you have you know or it, it obviously isn't as big of a concern uh, but are you still kind of worried about that having him as your number one? 
Yeah, honestly, I have him as well on my big board at six and seven, but I have Stingley at six, seven. I have Ahmad Gardner. But uh, to be honest, yes, the injuries are a concern with Derek Stingley, but when you compare the two, Stingley edges him out. And one thing Chaz didn't mention about Stingley, this guy's mentally tough. Like, yes, you could say, oh, he's hurt all the time, this, that, and there. This guy plays with injuries. He wants to be out on the field. He's extremely competitive, and you have to admire him for that. And it's also impressive how his hand usage is, how, like I said, the ball skills are great. But the one issue I have uh, with Ahmad Gardner, and this is why I have him a bit more over, uh, like a little under Derek Stingley, his footwork's a mess. Like, it's not as consistent as you want it to be. Uh, I also don't like the way that uh, his hand usage is, and I think Stingley has the better hands, but it's very close with, with Ahmad Gardner. If Gardner can clean that up and Stingley can get healthier, I think these two would be excellent corners to deal with. And I do agree with uh, Chaz as well, saying with the zone coverage with Stingley, that is an issue. I do believe Gardner is a little better at uh, at it than Stingley is, but Stingley's a better man-to-man. Stingley's a better uh, press coverage, and I think he would be uh, more of a fit in any defense than Gardner would, but it's very close. Both are great prospects, and I also want to add to Stingley, I think, is more athletically gifted than uh, Gardner is, but very close. Yeah, I think you did, have did a, you, you have a go for it, Nate. I was gonna say, did you say Sauce needed to clean up his footwork and hands? No, I said, uh, well, that yes, a little more. I did say both had a bit of an issue, but yeah, I think Sauce needs a little bit more work cleaning it up. But uh, yeah, both need a little work. But I say Gardner needs the more of the cleanup than uh, Stingley does, in my opinion. I I won't disagree with that like completely because I do think that. His hips are a little tight at times. Um, you know, his hand his hand technique and his ability in press, although it's good. That's the thing is, like, he's still winning. It's kind of like an offensive lineman. He wins without proper technique because he's so damn athletic. His ability to turn on a dime is elite. His lateral agility is ultra elite. But I think in terms of, like, being technically sound and timing-wise of, of, you know, turning his hips, the fluidity, and the hand placement – is it does need work, but he's so physically gifted, it really doesn't matter because he literally goes step for step with him. He's so sticky. I, I, I mean, it's it's hard to really make any worry of it. It's not a concern because he hasn't had to even use it, so it only means he can get better. It's not. It hasn't been a weakness by any means. Um, but I will revert back to that freshman season that Chaz was talking about. Six interceptions and 21 passes defended as a freshman in the most high-pressure situations of all of college football that year, being this perfect you know, elite team and him having to face all those wide receivers he did you know, from Bama and, and you know, across the board at SEC. Uh, I think that the, the ceiling... For him, because he's so much more well-rounded in terms of atta- being a tackler, uh, I, I would bet the higher ceiling on Stingley, even though he may not have those elite freaking traits that, that Sauce has. He's just better all around. Uh, 
he's a freaking ball hawk. He's a playmaker. Like I like him. He's more of my favorite. But like I said, just the injury, the injuries are are a concern. So I guess I mean it's kind of pointless to show him, but we can. So right. Yeah, my, my number two is 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 the young sauce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the sauce. I I can't rank, but I, I I I think it's clear that these are one and two. Like. Yeah. So I, the one. I was going to say, the one other concern that I had that I didn't mention was, was Stingley, and, and I know the injuries were there to limit him, but it was almost kind of like a reverse of what you said with Aiden, where Aiden didn't really do much, and then he exploded his senior. Stingley was kind of the, the reverse. Mm-hmm. He had that huge freshman season, but even in the, the tape the following year, and 2021, you can you know you have the injuries, you can kind of write that off or whatever, but it, it, it wasn't the same. So it kind of, you know... It wasn't the same tape, so I didn't know if that's uh, there's, more injuries limiting him or, or, or if that's just uh, a concern to have there. There is slight projection, for sure. Yeah, I just I also wanted to back you up, Nate. I did agree with you as in I don't think Sauce's footwork is a mess at all. I think his feet I are fine. I, just think, I, I don't think his hands are either. I don't either. Yeah. I just think... <laughs> It's not that his footwork is a mess. It's that he plays upright at transition points. When he, when he, that, but his recovery speed is so good. Yeah. And he can like that's that's really the issue. He's he isn't a fluid. Like I like I disagreed with uh, Jack when he said that he was like a he had elite lateral agility. I think he 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 just has great recovery speed. And he can like close the close the distance after a route after the break point of a route on a wide receiver really well. And whereas Stingley, he has like he doesn't have that recovery speed the same way that Ahmad has that recovery speed. So, I see. I, I seen some some excess footwork, so a few false steps. But again, the recovery was there to where it's almost unnecessary to even it's almost unnecessary to even mention. But I wasn't gonna let you guys bury Nick because I literally did have it. I had a little bit of my notes, but again, that's when you're trying super hard to find something to not like about a prospect who is damn near perfect. So it is ultra yeah. nitpicking when you're talking about either of these two prospects. Hi, puppy. Hi, puppy. Sorry. She's a star. She's a star of the show, man. She, I can't get she's over She's leaning it. up on me. She's like yeah. legit. Like I, I could, she'll fall over if I. No, mine's over <laughs> here and just mad at me right now that I'm not paying attention. Um, oh, do you see the side eye I'm getting? I mean, <laughs> he's not happy. <laughs> All right, let's move on over into our number three. Let me check and see. I think we're pretty good on this one. No, I guess we're kind of all across the board. Um, but uh, Andrew Booth Jr. does slightly edge. So Yeah. Trent McDuffie, not mad at it. Not mad at it at all. Uh, what I have for, for Booth uh, loves to come downhill and, and make tackles. He's super aggressive. Uh, great off the ball vision. Um, you know, he breaks in the ball. His ability to kind of redirect and and shift his momentum and his speed is outstanding. And I think that comes with a lot of instincts too. Like you can see him make breaks on the ball uh, that have bit him in the ass a few times, but he will he will he will jump the gun. And most of the time, he is right. Um, you know, the willingness in, in the run game as a, as a tackler, that's kind of why I put him, not that McDuffie is bad at it, but I just, I really liked it. It's very sticky and press man coverage. 
Um, I think he is that outside Seattle cover three type. You're gonna put him put him on the edge or uh, you know on the outside and kind of let him do his thing. Um, inconsistent feet, hips, not so fluid. I definitely like. I mean, we can definitely talk about actual um, you know mechanics and messy footwork and and needs improvement on that. Uh, and then the, the knee issue was a big big concern. He's been dealing with a knee issue for years now like dating all the way back to high school um he's got i for planner not oh man what i forget what what the actual um medical term was for it but he's had issues and knee swelling dating all the way back to high school which probably why i should put trent mcduffie over uh him if i'm gonna put sauce over over uh what's his name but i just i i, I was kind of in love with the film i, I cannot lie um let's let's hear it we'll hear a negative and then we'll go back to nick for some positives uh chaz what's your your takeaway on him you had him at what four or five i had booth at five i believe yeah um, it's not that i'm like super low on him it's just uh one thing about booth he does in my opinion have the best uh ball skills in the class that's even over stingley like his body control in the air his uh his ball tracking, all that is top tier. Definitely top of the class, in my opinion. Um, one thing about him uh, is his feet, they're not, they're not a mess, but they aren't great. No, so he uh, he does have some issues as transitions. Um, one thing I will say, he, uh, he yeah, like you said, he is overly aggressive. He's like Trayvon Diggs in that facet where teams do attack him and exploit him. And I think he does have all that ball production because he gets targeted. Yeah. So if you want to like, if you have, if you want to play an aggressive type of defense and you have some good pass rushes, that'll force the quarterback to get the ball off quick and not let routes develop downfield where people can hit these double moves on him. He'll be a perfect day one starter on the outside for you. So I'm a, I, I am a booth fan. They're like, six or seven corners that can that can be named in the top five and booth is just happen to be fall on the lower spectrum for me uh just down to five and i'll get to why i got the two above him when we get to those players but it's not that i dislike booth at all it's just he can his aggressiveness can bite him and his uh his footwork is a little iffy at the top point but his his ball skills are elite Nick, you uh, you you and me were on the same point on this one. Why do you have him at number three? By the way, uh, I did scout Booth in the reports. He, I think, he has tendonitis in his knee. That's what it uh, is. Uh, that's yeah. what the term Thank was. You. Yes. Uh, yeah. No problem. No problem. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to like about Booth. Uh, he, the injuries are concerned, and I'm surprised Chaz didn't mention he's coming off a quad injury and he didn't perform at the combine, but. Booth just – he's so athletically gifted. Like his balance, his posture, his agility, his foot quickness, he's got it. Like, I, yeah, injuries have affected him, but with all the injuries he's had, he's still pretty decent with uh, the way he plays athletically. Uh, he's great man-to-man coverage and zone coverage uh, from what I've seen from him. Like he would be a great fit uh, wherever he's placed there. Press coverage is an issue, and it's definitely – like. Uh, something that you got like if you tell him to go do impress coverage 
he's going to fail. He's just, he's not good at all at press coverage. But with Booth, he, he has great ball skills. He takes great angles uh, in pursuit. He, he wants to be physical. He is a little too aggressive. I will give Chaz that point. He is a little too aggressive, and he can sometimes miss the tackles. But there's a lot to like about Andrew Booth here. And if it wasn't for the injuries, I probably would rank him higher. But unfortunately, injuries do happen, and I have to rank him lower on the list. But yeah, a lot to like with Booth. He's athletically gifted. He has a great man-to-man and great zone coverage, and he just needs to fix uh, up on getting more healthier, and he needs to clean up his press coverage and all the other issues. Nate, you had him at four. Then you have... Go oh, sorry, just one quick rebuttal on Nick. Didn't you have Sauce above, uh, or uh, Stingley above Sauce? Uh, yes. So why are you concerned with injuries for Booth, but not for Sauce? Or, or, Tended- or, or not for Stingley? One word, tendonitis is a very concerning thing. Yeah, yeah, but you have three. Liz Frank, I would say, is more concerning. Liz than... Fra- yes, Liz Frank's more concerning than tendonitis. Uh, I mean, both are lingering issues. Like, that's the thing. Tendonitis is something like he's he's had an issue with his knee for a long time. But I will <laughs> say, not that not that I'm going to continue to to stick up for, for the, uh, the young man below me, but, oh, I mean, each injury is different, each, each concern. If it's something like, lingering injuries that you've been dealing with since high school definitely have to have a red flag. But again, you're nitpicking between all of these guys because you can, you can say this guy's injured or you can say this guy doesn't play press man very well, or this guy doesn't thrive in zone coverage or this guy doesn't tackle for shit or this guy is really good, you know, down by the line of scrimmage. And so it is just what your team needs and you know, your preference, your style of defense that you play. But I would say upside, upside and type of type of injury definitely dictate that. But I did I called that myself out for being a hypocrite last night when we were talking about injuries and me me kind of putting one or the over the other. So I guess I'm kind of uh, sticking up for myself right here, trying to defend myself as much as I'm trying to defend Nick. But uh, anything uh, sorry else? Sorry to cut you off, Nate. No, no, Nate still. Got yeah, yeah, Nate. Like, yeah, Nate, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just saying with 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 Booth, I, I liked him uh, in zone uh, quite a bit. Zone instincts, um, things like that. The the um, over aggressiveness uh, for sure. Um, you, know, you could see him, you know, bite on double moves and and really try to come down. I think he's also over over aggressive coming down in the run game. I, I don't know if he's. Uh, he thinks he's a better tackler than what he is sometimes. I think he comes down aggressive in the run game, but that that's kind of nitpicking for a corner. Um, I think another uh, option for him is uh, is like a press press bail type of man coverage where he doesn't really need to jam because I think that's where he struggles when is, is his hands and his jam technique. Um, I think that's where he struggles in the in the press man. But if he gets up in there and then kind of kind of bail out on him. Um, those types of uh, schemes probably work best for him there. Yeah, that's definitely what I had was was playing you know off man coverage is where he was at his best, being able to have eyes on the quarterback, reading the defense, um, and then yeah, it's if he makes contact at the line of scrimmage, he's putting himself at like a disadvantage, uh, you know. So it's he's best to not even not even try to get hands on him. Uh, but I think that wraps up our number three. 
We can move into number four. Again, it was a slight edge. I got Trent McDuffie. Again, I hate that these are backwards now. I don't know what I did. Um, Booth, McCreary, McCreary. I liked me some Roger McCreary, but he, I left him out of my top five. Um, and, I mean, there's reason why. So I believe it is Trent McDuffie that we have locked in by a slight edge over McCreary. Uh, right now, we have a 4, 3, 3, and then Nick actually has him ranked out all the way at 6. Uh, so we will just kind of jump on into Mr. Trent McDuffie. Um, Chaz, you had him the highest, right? You had him at 3? Yeah. Yeah, you and Nate both agreed, so feel free. I'm, I feel like I'm the black sheep of this uh, of this rankings right now. Um, I really liked his uh, footwork. He has the, like one of the, some of the best balanced feet in this class. Um, he's really good at the top of routes because of his pedal. He takes he takes very few false steps at the top of the break points from routes. Um, he's a great athlete. Downsize is his size. Um, he is like I think he has like less than thirty inch arms, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, less than thirty inch arms. Um, and uh, ball skills at the catch point is my second like big negative he uh he can get bodied out and i think he only has two um pass deflections or two interceptions yeah. in his college career yes. so his ball production is marginal but it's because he's 510 and he has less than 30 inch arms that's really my only downsize and i could see him falling a little bit because of that but his pedal is great he's sticky in man coverage he has good clothes and zone coverage I'm a fan. Nate? Yeah, uh, I agree with all that. I, I have on here he's got uh, really high IQ um, and anticipation uh, on his routes. I think that's what really helps him in coverage. I think he's kind of versatile with his coverage skills as well. Um, I don't think he's um, very scheme-dependent at all. I think he can kind of put him out there. Um, with with the way he plays and and with his um, like Jess said his footwork and his um, uh, able to to kind of flip and and use his quickness and athleticism there um, he does kind of he's able to get boxed out I think he's he could struggle in like a um, with a lot of jam type uh, press coverage there um, with some bigger receivers but I think he I think he does have a really high IQ. Um, I think he's sticky, and I think he's got a pretty high floor. Um, probably one of the higher floors out of the out of the corners um, in the draft. So that's that's why I have him as third. Do you think that he's a first round lock? Because uh, I think that there could be four, five corners that go in the first round. Um, you know, again that three, four, five spot can be interchangeable. So I think he's got like a range of like. 15 to 35 do you see him on the higher side of that spectrum or the lower side of the spectrum uh i would lean towards the higher side but probably more right in the middle of there so like all right I think he 25 25 probably... is the over under right now gentlemen what do you guys got uh that's, that's a my, that's my I'd personal probably give him, throwing that out of my ass. i'd probably under. give him the slide over the slide over i go under i go slightly under yeah, I think 20, 23 to 25, 26 is that range for him. Yeah. So that's 
Yeah. I'd have to look. I'd have to actually look at the rankings to see, you know, who's a cute or a, a cornerback needy team right there. But um, Nick, you didn't even have them on your top five, right? Or where? No, where did I do you... not. But let me get this out of the way. I did debate him in number five. Okay. Uh, but I like my number five selection, and we'll get to number five later. But uh, I, there's a lot to like about Trent McDuffie. Uh, I love like what Nick said. He's he got he has the precision versatility. He's got uh, great awareness. He has great strength for the way he tackles. But my issue is he needs to do a better job at wrapping uh, for when he's making tackles. And yes, it he doesn't have the arm length, but he needs to do a better job at that. He does need to do a little bit of a better job with uh, improving his hip fluidity. He looks a little. A bit on the choppy side and his footwork's eh, like there's definitely some work that needs to be done there uh i also i gotta admit another thing too about him he's uh for, he's very fast from what i've seen of him uh and i i, I think he ran what i believe four, he ran four. A, was it a four four, 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 four. yes yeah he was fast and i don't think that's a ridiculous number because when i seen him play like this he has speed to him, which it's great for him to quick react. But the fluidity, the way he is with his uh, foot, uh, the way he wraps with tackles, the way he, uh, you know, performs on the field. I just I wouldn't rank him higher than uh, the other two I had uh, at my number five selection. And who did I have at number four again? I forgot. Uh, McCreary. We'll talk I about just, him. Like, I can't do it. We'll talk about him in just a second. Um, for me, he was one of my favorite guys. Uh, I love kind of where he's going to be drafted. I think there's going to be a lot of value. He might have, you know, because of that high floor that Nate Nate mentioned, he could have, you know, some of the best uh, draft value, you know, kind of like when you're drafting in fantasy football, uh, just because he's going to be probably a day, in, day one plug-and-play guy, and he's such an asset in the run game. I mean – you know, I you know, there's quite a few of those teams. The Raiders being one of them, they drafted Damian Arnett strictly because of his like tackling ability. Uh, that's kind of ridiculous. But there's a lot of teams that really, really value you know being able to put somebody on the you know on the the outside perimeter and expecting them to shut the run down when it comes their way. And I think this is one of those guys. Um, so he's explosive as a blitzer. You know, the closing speed is just insane. I don't know how many times when watching his film you would see him, you know, make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage of the field. And that was, like, just such a huge takeaway. Um, he plays with that, like, alpha uh, alpha male mentality. Uh, but he is. He's just that he lacks that prototypical size and length. Maybe he thrives at safety. Like, I don't think you need to move him anywhere. I think he just, like, he's so good he makes up for his limitations and you don't need to, but I could see a team possibly looking at him and saying like, like if, if you add a little bit of weight, like play and play, you know, that box safety hybrid role, um, or, you know, nickel, like we could definitely, you know, make it work, but, um, he's not the greatest. I mean, his, his coverage ability is not the best in this class, but he doesn't necessarily have a solid weakness either. He's kind of all around good. I, I have jack of all trades, master of none type. Um, somebody that, you know, he's not scheme dependent. He can kind of play anywhere. Um, but he's so versatile that I think there might be a team that looks at him and 
maybe eventually in his career he gets you know he gets moved but i could be completely wrong on that i don't i don't know if it's necessary he could definitely definitely thrive playing outside corner playing inside corner playing box safety playing hybrid um i i one of my favorite guys in the draft right now and uh you know it's hard that i had to put him at four but number five i got elam as you can see that all right booth gordon all guys that I all eh, will and I definitely can't say I, I put considered him at the top five, uh, but watching the film I, I liked it. Um, Chaz, feel free uh, tell us why. Um, where is it at? You had him. I think you had uh, McCreary at four. So tell me why Roger McCreary breaks your top five and actually is number four on your big board. So my thing with McCreary, um, I think he projects well into the slot, even though he didn't play the slot in college. But we saw at the Senior Bowl, me and Nate, we saw him get reps in the slot, and he was very productive there. And that's because his athleticism is better suited to the slot. He's one of those quicker-than-fast athletes, as in he's very shifty and explosive out of cuts, but he might not – have the long speed to survive on the boundary in the NFL. Um, He played a lot of man coverage in college. I don't think he played much zone at all. So that might be a concern in the NFL, picking up zones and dropping the landmarks. Um, He is, again, same same deal with uh, McDuffie, shorter arms, uh, shorter stature. Um, But if he can – get put into a uh, role in the NFL where he can work out of the slot primarily. My only downside for him in there is tackling and being able to get in the run game as consistent as you would like to see from a nickel defender. But I really like his, uh, his quick twitch ability and his mirror ability at the, uh, at the slot position in the nickel position in the NFL. Nate. Nate? Yeah, you uh, on McCreary? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was actually one of my assignments there. Uh, I do really like him. I probably would put him at six. Um, I think I marked him off on there to talk about him just in case no one rated him. Um, but, yeah, uh, really sticky in coverage, really good man coverage. Um, I, I did project him as more of a slot guy as well. Um, and when I, you know, watching him at the Senior Bowl, that was one of the things I said was, was, you know, reading up on him going into the senior bowl, I was like, well, people are saying he can't play the slot, but that's where I project him at. And he started getting reps and, and looking really good there. Um, yeah, he his, his ability to mirror guys and use his quickness to, to stick in their hip pocket, um, I really love that. I think he uses the boundary if he is an outside corner. I think he uses the boundary better than a lot of most of the other guys in this class. Um, his ability to kind of use that as, as his defender and, and force him out that way. Um, yeah, he does have shorter arms. Um, that's a concern. Um, he's not, he, he's not jamming anybody. His, um, tape from previous years, he, he learned though, like his, uh, tape against, I think it was Bama two years ago and he was just getting beat cause he was up in press man. 
uh, on, um, I think it was Bama on Devonta Smith, and he was just getting cooked because he he couldn't he couldn't jam him and he couldn't stay with him. You look at the tape the next year, and he was up in their grill, but he wasn't jamming. He was just mirroring him right off the line and sticking with him, and he was shutting people down. So he he's learned, he's grown, and and I think he can continue in that way, especially if he gets moved to slot and be able to be like the top slot corner. Nick, what's your take? Yeah, I I, I got to be honest, like, uh, except for zone coverage, which is a big issue, I disagree. I think he's pretty solid in pressing man. Uh, zone, zone is an issue, I from what I've seen from him. Like, he's absolutely going to need to improve on that if he wants a long career in football. But slot is definitely the place for him. But something that I really like is how smooth he is with his hips, how smooth he is. He gets into a great posture uh, when he is uh, in coverage. I love how he his ball skills are. Does need a little work with uh, his uh, – you know, power tackling guys. Sometimes he isn't as powerful as you want a corner to hit when uh, he's making tackles. He needs to do a better job with uh, taking their pursuit angles for, you know, when guys catch the ball, because sometimes he could take the wrong angle on occasion, but he's got a lot of potential. He's the guy I have, like he has like a high, high floor, low ceiling. If you understand what I'm saying, like, I think he has a high, like, I'm trying to see how I can phrase this properly, but like he has more of a safe selection in my opinion than other corners. Like McDuffie's a fine player, but McCreary is just more safe and he's got more of the mechanics that, uh, that McDuffie does. Mm. Uh, I will slightly, slightly disagree with that, but I'm not going to hound, hound you. Uh, I did not have him in my top five, because of the long speed, because he was playing outside. Again, you guys got that advantage by going to the Senior Bowl um, and seeing a lot of those reps. I didn't get to to watch the film on on that or on him in the Senior Bowl and, and some of those drills. Um, but I just couldn't put him. I think he's he's good, but I think he will always be uh, you know at best a number two or number three. When I can definitely see McDuffie being a one and Booth being a one and Stingley being a one guaranteed and Sauce Gardner being a guaranteed number one corner. I don't think I, I don't see that in his game. Uh, you know, on long speed, sometimes he would he'd get, you know, his feet tangled up a little bit on on uh you know, on on quick stop routes and, and, and stuff comebacks, he would kinda of take an extra step to come back to. I did like the footwork. He did like you said, Nate, he does stick to people's pockets. He's really, really tight. Um but it just wasn't wasn't there. I think he the only thing you could do is put him in the slot and hope he survives. I haven't seen it. You guys have seen it, so I'll trust your guys' take on that. But that's the only place where I think he could even have a, a spot in the NFL. Um He's aggressive. It's not that he's not willing to tackle, you know. So you gotta you like that. You, you appreciate that, but he is more of a compact build uh, of a player, and he's not gonna get any taller. He's not gonna get any longer. So you know, at the point of attack, you know the the jump ball. He's definitely getting. He's definitely gonna lose the high point battle. Uh, but he's got some of that Jari Alexander to where he's a little undersized, maybe or not as big, but his you know will literally punch that ball out. And I think he's got a bunch of passes defended, but he's got very little interceptions. You know, he's around the ball always. He's got that almost like, um, 
you know that he, he's got that he's that ball magnet type of player but when he gets the NFL I think he's going to be taken advantage of big time so I hope he can transition uh to slot but because I haven't personally seen it I did not have him there I had uh Elam from Florida uh, the reason being is because I think he is guaranteed to transition in the slot very well. He does have a little bit more size to him. Uh, good lateral agility, press man ability, uh, mirrors well step for step in man coverage with quick feet, uh, a true ball hawking skill set, great body control, um, inconsistent hand placement, uh, you know, can, can, uh, can be really hand, inconsistent hand placement and can be very handsy at times when he loses reps. He struggles with recovery. Uh, he's a weak tackler, struggles to disengage in blocks. Not very physical at all, but I think he is the better slot corner prospect uh, amongst these guys. So it's kind of why I'll bring him up. Obviously, it's superlative time, so we can just kind of talk about some of our other guys that didn't necessarily make this cut. If you guys have a different take on Elam, feel free. I do have a different take on Elam. I would argue that uh, McCreary is a better slot prospect. And yes, that's because that's what I said at. my my traits I look at for slot versus boundary corners is quick twitch ability and being being quicker than fast, quote unquote. Yeah. Like obviously being fast isn't a downside for a, a slot guy. But I would like I want quick I want quickness and I want tackling ability. And I think McCreary is better in both of those aspects than uh, Elam, in my opinion, but anybody else can feel free to chime in if they see anything different. Chaz, I, I gotta say thank you. I, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, and another thing, like I believe you said this, Jack, uh, the one word I would call Elam is inconsistent. He's very inconsistent yeah. with the way he plays. Uh, but yeah, Chaz, Chaz basically said what I wanted to say, so props to him. I just think he's better in coverage. I just, I, I just think he's a better cover corner. Definitely not more physical. Definitely not a better tackler. Definitely not the better all-around prospect. But I just think he transitions into the slot very well, and you cannot deny the you know the four-three speed. I will say one other thing on McCreary that um, I, I do project him in the slot. I think he projects better uh, in the slot than than Elam. Um, I do think he can play in a pinch on the outside if you need him to with some help over the top. Um, and also going back to the zone, I think with his, uh, quickness, he just doesn't have the experience in the zone. I think with his quickness abilities and his anticipation skills, I think he could play fine in the zone. I feel like he just didn't run that much. I feel like they, Auburn just didn't run that much zone. Right. This year. Yeah. Like right. they, that, they that, were definitely playing all man. But that's yeah, with his, with his, with his, you know, vision, anticipation and his quick, ability I, I think he'd thrive in the zone as well though that, that's just me Nate you had uh Kyler Gordon the other what, Washington product uh prospect um long lengthy super athletic physical like there's a lot of things to like um what why did he slip into the number five over um what is it? I guess what McCreary or Elam? McCreary would be six. Yeah. yeah. McCreary would have been six for me. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you said it right there. His, uh, his athleticism, his, uh, length, his acceleration, um, his, his, uh, coverage skills. I, I liked all of that. I like the way he competes. 
um, most of all, I think. I think he just um, – I think he competes really hard um, on top of the athletic traits. Um, he has some deficiencies a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, those, those are the, the, the type of traits that I like in a corner, and I think he's got that in spades. You reminded me a little bit of uh, it's it's a very rich rich player comparison, but a lot of uh, Richard Sherman in him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, in terms of well, take, I guess yeah. he's he's far more he's far more athletic than Sherm is. Um, but in terms of aggressiveness, that's kind of what I what I took away. Maybe I'm maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm kind of mis mis uh mischaracterizing him in terms of play style. But in terms of physicality. Um, especially at the line of scrimmage, like I've seen that quite a bit. When he would jam a guy, he'd kind of disrupt them right off the route. Um, I just like a big, big physical corner. I'd almost say more Akib Talib. All right, I like that better. I'm down. Yeah, that, I, I that, will. That, I will subside that, that one. I like a lot more. But f- physical is all hell, and and that's what you like: physical and big and lengthy. Um, I think if we were just doing, you know, we weren't talking about slot nickel. Uh, he would be up here probably. I mean, he would be my number five for sure. And I think with, uh, I think he has he projects to be. Uh, he's somebody who could be, who could outshine his his draft value big time. I think he could live up to being a true number one corner. My thing with Kyler Gordon is like I don't think anybody said yet, but fluid. That's my real word to describe him. He is like long and fluid. And those two things can save a cornerback's career, can make a cornerback's career in the NFL. So, uh, again, he, I think he just really needs to uh, get better at posture. He does play a little bit high, and he needs to be able to react better. But uh, other than that, his upside is there. As, like we say, he has, he, he has some really good upside in the late first, early second. All right, we got one more superlative to talk about before we wrap it up. Um, I did not expect uh, Tyreek Woolen to make the top five for anybody, but you know you like to throw some curveballs, Nick. So tell us why this man is a top five prospect or worthy of a top five uh, pick—not top five pick, but top five uh, amongst uh, cornerbacks. Now it was very, it was very close. I did debate him with McDuffie, uh, but. To me, I just his size, his athleticism is just a lot better than I think McDuffie is, and it, he's a lot more consistent than Elam is. Uh, I would rank him higher. Uh, it, I mean, normally you see guys in like the five, ten, five, eleven, six, one, six, two range, but you barely see a lot of corners at six four. And a guy I compared him to, well, you, I didn't see him, but I compare him to what Kelvin Joseph was years ago. As I was very high on him, he was very fluid, very agile. Uh, the one thing I will say about uh, about uh, Woolen is that he kind of needs to do a better job with the way he tackles. That's a, another issue. Sometimes he, you know, is too aggressive, too uh, too overshoot. He overshoots sometimes. His pursuit angles are there. He just got to focus on finishing and. If he could finish, that would be great. But there's just – I just think the potential's there. If he could clean up everything else, he could absolutely be a good corner in the league. But I just think 
he's more consistent than McDuffie and Elamar, in my opinion. My, I would I would disagree with the consistent take. Uh, I, I don't think know his, about uh, that. Uh, of course you don't, because you said he is. But fair <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I wouldn't say he's more consistent than them. He does. He's just that long, like athletic corner. But I don't think the technique is there at all, honestly. And his ball skills are like marginal to me. So I don't. I don't, I, I don't see it with Willen. I mean, obviously he's going to be like. Uh, like flyer, like oh, we'll see what we can do with this tall, fast guy because that's gonna get him a job easily. Yeah. But I don't know. He he has a lot of work to do before I'm like ready to put him on the field. To be honest, I don't think he even like cracks a starting job outside of uh, like injury mm. in the first like year, maybe two of his career. Yeah, I think he's barely gonna see the field. He better be ready for special teams. Uh, right, the, and, and I get the, the, I get a four two six, the fourth fastest forty time of all time. I get that. Any six four and two oh five, lots to like. But Texas San Antonio, it's pretty easy to cover that level of competition. A wide receiver, there's going to be such a huge jump in competition. There's no way he should see the field in year one. He's that big, but he doesn't play that big. No. How you six four and got like thirty three inch arms, but you your ball production is trash. I, 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 I try to say I will, I, I, come I on, shoot, but like, come on again. In that at at that level, he should be if he's that good in a top five corner, he should have tremendous production, outstanding production. I think it's a it's a very very vast projection to say that a six four corner who runs a two a four two six is going to pan out just because he ran that 4-2-6. If he doesn't run that 4-2-6, I don't think he's on anyone's radar right now. Uh, uh, Got a combine invite. I'll give him that, but you're not putting him on this list, I think, if he doesn't run that. But yeah, uh, from what I've seen, you have to at least admit his level of awareness is there. He has the instincts you want in a corner. He's very physical, but... uh, I don't, he does I, I not. See it. I, how does he have the instincts you want in the corner? He's only played the position two years. Yeah, true, but he, I think he, lacks he can it. learn. He can learn very quickly uh, with with it. But I think that's a projection, to... though. We haven't seen that, and that's where I say, like, you say he's consistent, but he's only played the position for two years. But I don't, from I... what we've seen from him, he's pretty consistent with the way he plays, and I think I think he he'll be a great corner. He has the potential to be a great corner, but I like he he got to show me. That's day as well. He ain't shown me yeah, yet. I haven't seen it. I, I looked at it. I, I looked through it very quickly. And so forgive me if I'm wrong down the road for not doing my due diligence on this top five. But he was so far down the list. There's only so much you could watch. And I, I, think, I didn't see I a really whole heck like of a lot. I really like him. I think. I think. I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. Or, or he could be, but he could be a sneaky high draft choice. All right. Uh, John Ross didn't pan out. Kalen Barnes didn't pan out. Chris Johnson, different story. Uh, Trey Archer, can Sorry. Archer. I don't think I don't think anybody outside of Chris Johnson who has ran a 4-2-4, 4-2 has ever panned out. 
But but at least he didn't get hurt while running the 40. With John Ross, he got hurt running the 40. That was the sign that people should have seen. John Ross shouldn't have been drafted. Even Dre Archer, I think, even got hurt on his 40. If I remember correctly, I may be wrong with that. But it doesn't. I remember. doesn't change. I remember. I, but point is, he, he running fast is good and all, but he didn't get hurt running the 40s, which, you know. That's, a, that's a pretty low bar to clear. But yeah. my point, my point is, my yeah. point is, Chris Johnson when he ran the forward, he didn't get hurt on the spot of the combine. I mean, there's I hundreds of guys no. that didn't get hurt. Yeah, that doesn't correlate to, hard me, one. to any type of NFL success. I'm sorry. Well, I I, I, my point being is, he runs fast. At least he doesn't get hurt running fast like Ross and uh, Archer did. But I mean, they've how many times have they ran full that. speed throughout their entire career and that not been an issue? So I think that's just that's a hard and, one. And, it's a hard one for us that, to ever swallow. And, I don't know if you're never going to get any. How many times have Archer and John Ross been on the injury report? That's I don't remember Jerry Archer doing anything in the NFL. No, I remember him in preseason in Pittsburgh for one time because they drafted him in like. And, and I believe he round. got hurt in that game. If I remember correctly, I may be wrong with that, but I think he got hurt in one one of the we preseason will... games. We're gonna have to. I'm, we're I'm gonna not, pin this. We're gonna pin this on on the wall, right. and we're gonna come back to this in a couple of years, and we're gonna talk about this exact conversation right here about you know four two speed listen, and, uh, and listen, being hurt, not I, being hurt, because I'm, I'm he ain't gonna see the field. He's not gonna even see the field to get hurt, so it doesn't matter. Yes, he's not a top. I agree five. with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't. My issue isn't even with projected durability. It's with. He only has two years playing cornerback. Yeah, and he and hasn't he's done, done, and, he's done a, and he's done a pretty good job with the two years he's done it. At UTSA. Yeah. At UTSA, and I don't, know, I, I don't know. I'm not. He's not. To, I'm not. And this isn't even to like uh, try and down your like ranking, but he isn't low enough for me to commit this much injury or energy to this argument. Yeah, seriously. I'm not, lie. I'm not so trying much. to argue with you guys. I'm just trying to explain hey, good. hey, that's what the war room's better. about. That's what we're supposed well, to do. Course, we're I, we're sitting I, here and debating. I, and, I came, and I came to battle, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. I like what Cam Taylor-Britt more than I like Cam him. Cam Taylor-Britt, Jesus Christ. I Jess. think Willen's uh, going in the fourth round. I get best. I, I, see him as, I, see him as, I see him as a second rounder. Ooh, maybe sneak into no. it first. No. Hell, uh-uh. No. He is not. Terrible is I, not I give, I give, I give uh, NFL GMs a, a lot of uh, room for stupidity, but that's pushing it. Just because the four two speed, that's 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 pushing. Yeah, but there's there's trust me, there's all there are teams out there. Cough, cough. Oakland, well, oh, Las Vegas. They don't not have anymore. a first Not anymore. Not anymore. But the point is. Um, let me let me finish. Basically, there's teams out there that value speed over all other qualities, and they'll just draft a player for speed. So I could see him sneak into the sec, like get overdrafted second, third round, and your guys pick. But I think he's a second or third round pick. He's gonna be a fourth or fifth round pick at best, and he's a massive, massive projection. And and, it, and, and, and I wasn't I wasn't super against it. I like it if in a in a in a limited role. Like in like what I said earlier, maybe that that cover that cover three scheme, like maybe because you just then get to use him and use his speed down the field. But no, I I think again I think we're spending way too much energy on this. This is gonna wrap can, up. Can, yep, go for it. Anyone else? Oh, I was gonna say, can we can we talk about one other guy? Let's go. I I didn't talk, see talk you. about I, one I, of my other favorite, not not top round corners, but. 
you know, he may sneak into the third. I love him in the third. Oh, Cody Bryant? Is that who you're talking about? Kobe Bryant. Let's... Give me Kobe Bryant, man. <laughs> Get a guy across some sauce. Get a guy across some sauce. You got to give him some love. Another big physical corner. Uh, guy that competes really hard. Uh, and he just disrupts and make plays. I mean, he's he's got he he finds a way to break up passes, cause turnovers. Uh, great in run defense. Just another big physical man cover corner. Lot to like about him. That was pretty good. That was pretty pretty high pretty high on the list up there. Um, not not high enough to crack top five. Um. But super productive because he was opposite a sauce, so he's seen so much uh, action that you know he kind of had a ton of production. I think he was more. Did he de- did he deliver? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> denying it. I I was excited. I, I didn't see that you marked that you checked them off uh, initially, but yeah, no, he was somebody up there that that I was trying to convince myself to move higher, but it was just like ah, he was definitely he was definitely 2a he wasn't 1b he was 2a um on that team but a solid 2a wouldn't won't be upset won't be upset if he is a third or fourth round pick i might flip a table or two if we're talking about woolen been that but uh gentlemen appreciate you guys uh making another episode we got two more to go and then top five prospect series is over and then it's all about uh, scouting callouts or scouting report callouts. So I'm getting really, really excited for because uh, they're not as egregious as they have been the last few years. But there's a few of them that we will talk about. There's a few of them we're already already uh, kind of calling people out on- online. So uh, let's continue to do that and make those callouts um, as we get closer to the draft. A little over a week to go. A uh, week and a day, I believe. So eight days left. I am like a giddy little schoolgirl. i tell you what boys um chaz tell these people where they can find you i mean travis where can they find you at uh yeah uh you can find me on twitter at tc nfl draft uh well no it's a cc nfl draft on twitter um yeah you'll see me in there now i'm gonna go on a Tariq woolen rant so that's gonna be my nightly action are are you are you gonna are you gonna add him to the daniel falele like right. yeah I'm yeah gonna, uh, that is definitely getting added yeah so. when, both, when both players turn out to be superstars in this league you know who to thank i go thank nobody it's good good for them they ain't gonna thank but, you but, they ain't but, thanking but, you but, so i i wouldn't expect any thank yous true but. true true but you get commission you know. Yeah, you might get you'll get some praise. Hey, if you get a if you get a late round pick right and he pans out, you will definitely be getting some praise from us. It makes us all look good when one of us is right. Let's be real right. about that. You know, when we can claim that Blitzalytics had a first round grade on a Max Crosby, like that's saying something. Like we we take pride in that. I get no credit for it. That was all Mr. Roy Countryman, but we we get to take credit for that. So I I hope you're right. I really do. But uh. Nate. And if I'm wrong, listen, if I'm wrong, I'll be a man to admit I'm wrong. Mr. Sabuka, tell these people where they can find you. Sabelka. Sabelka. <laughs> Nate, Nate, at Nate Kansas on Twitter uh, and on the Blitzlytics site as well. Nick? Well, well I got of that course, one right. there's 
There's the... <laughs> of course, there's the... <laughs> Jazz, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this now. Oh, oh that was just funny. Continue, continue. Tell us about your LinkedIn as well. Oh, God. You're definitely my LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> so my LinkedIn is Nicholas Mullock. Uh, you can go over there, or you can go on Blitzlytics to see the insane amount of uh, Blitzlytics content that I post there. And hopefully I won't crash the site, like, with the amount of stuff I put on there. So. <laughs> Still claiming on that one. All right, Mr. Moolike. Um we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get to these. We're gonna we're gonna take note of this episode though. All right, this is the Denofilia episode of the defense. So uh, I'm gonna say, uh, please guys, listen, hit that like listen, and subscribe welcome button. Welcome to the war room. Welcome to the war room. Please now. hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we are like I said, 20, 20 subscribers away. Uh, we desperately need that. We also got all of our audio for the war room podcast uh, uploaded to SoundCloud, Scott or SoundCloud uh apple podcasts spotify uh everywhere now so all all podcast platforms they are now up uh so if you guys want to listen to the audio version of that feel free here's our number one but you can go find us at any podcast platform go check out all of our scouting reports at blitzlytics.com forward slash uh 2022 nfl draft uh we have scouting reports being uploaded every day i think we're close to the 80 mark now uh, and they're continually um, piling in as we get closer to to the NFL draft. Yes, all of us may be um, what is it? What is the term I'm looking for? I, I definitely I definitely wait to the last minute to do shit, and I think all of us are guilty of that. Procrastinating. Um, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I have been procrastinating and uploading and doing all kinds of stuff. So they're all coming in a little last minute, um, which we tend to do every year. But check them out. Uh, stay tuned for more, and uh, we'll be hitting you with the very next episode of the safety class. Then we'll be rolling into linebackers uh, for our last episode. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for tuning in. Blitz out.